שלום עליכם, שבוע טוב, כתיבה וחתימה טובה to all of you listeners of this uh, beautiful station, great station of דברי תורה, דברי מוסר, דברי הלכה. This is Rabbi Albas from SLC. I'm going to talk about yesterday's parasha as well as the עניין of תשובה. Before I even say anything, it's interesting to note that Parashat Nitzavim has exactly 40 pesukim. Parashat Vayelech has 30 pesukim. And Parashat Ha'azinu has 52 pesukim. What's the hint behind this? What's the remez behind all these? Well, it's telling us about the time period different people need for completing their teshuvah. As it says for tzaddikim, all you need is from Rosh Chodesh Elul until Rosh Hashanah, which is 30 days. That's Parashat Vayelech. But the Benunim, no, you need from Rosh Chodesh all the way up to Yom Kippur, which is 40 days. And it's 40 Pesukim. For the Rishayim Hasbe Shalom, they need another 12 days. All the way up to Hoshana Rabbah. That's 52, which is hinted by Parashat Azinu. Now, Parashat Nisabim always comes out uh, before Rosh Hashanah. And it's a good reason. Because Parashat Nisabim is, is a parashat that tells us about the mitzvah of Teshuvah. As it says, Veshavta, Ad Hashem Elokecha, Veshamata Bekolo. You have to make Teshuvah. Even if a person is way out, far away, and make teshuvah. But what is the first phase of teshuvah? It says, Veshamata bekolo. You shall listen, hear, and listen to his voice. First thing, listen to the voice of Hashem. It's the first step. A person who is unwilling to listen, you can't even talk to him. There's no way. If you speak to a Kiruv movement person, you'll say, okay, if, if a guy has a, even a tiny spark in him, I could talk to him. We can do something. We can work. But if a person is completely oblivious, doesn't want to hear, oh, I don't want to hear, he can't. He, there's no chance. And it's the same thing that happens with the uh, Ben Sorero More. Two weeks ago in Parashakit, it said, we learned about the rebellious son. What was his first problem? He's not willing, doesn't want to listen, neither to his father nor to his mother. We throw to the punish him, and still he doesn't want to listen. Biggest problem, unwilling to listen. Once a person is willing to listen, then there's something we can do about it. You know, there is a, the Midrash about David and Goliath, David and Melech and Goliath. We know, all know the, the, the entire story. You know, David and Melech uh, was much uh, uh, smaller than uh, a Goliath, who was a, a big giant. And Goliath came with armor from head to toe, 
all all iron. Very strong stuff. And we do know that David Amelech was going to fight him with a sling. Puts a stone there and he throws the stone with the sling and it landed into the forehead of Goliath. The thing is, but there was iron there. Iron is strong. Iron is, is, is going to repel the stone. So what happened? So the Midrash says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu struck a deal with the iron just for that. He says, you know what? For, the, for this time only, soften up. Let the stone go through and go into his forehead. And then Hashem says, I will give you a reward for that. And that's what happened. What was the reward? Two mitzvot. Mitzvah of Shechita, which is done with the barzel, and Mitzvah of Milah. Mitzvah of Milah, Mitzvah Mena Mubhar, the barzel. The Milah should be the best to use iron or steel. Of course, it could be done with, uh, uh, with a piece of glass, a sharp glass, or it could be done uh, with, with sharp stone, but Mitzvah Mena Mubhar, the best is to use the steel. What's this whole Midrash about? What it's about is the following. Look, iron has no feeling, has no mind, no heart. There's no from nothing. Yet, it listens to what Hashem says. How much more so we should open our ears and listen to the voice of HaKadosh Baruch this whole idea of listening. You know, we see the same thing given by Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, when Hashem told him, go ahead and speak to the stone, and he hid it. And Hashem said to him, because you sort of, it was, uh, it, it was not a full sanctification What's the idea behind that? And Rashi tells us, Had you spoken to the stone instead of hitting it, and the stone would bring out the water, then the people would say the following, Look, Here's a stone that doesn't hear, doesn't speak, doesn't have any mind at all, just a piece of stone. Yet, yet it fulfills, it, it hears out and fulfills what Hashem says. How much more so us who have sechel who understand that we should actually listen. Listening to the voice of Hashem, listening to His mitzvot, Listening to the Hachamim who tell us how to interpret the mitzvot. It's very important. I like to bring, out, bring up an uh, interesting story. It is a true story. Uh, this had to do with Rabbi Friend. Many of you probably read his books. He's a Rosh Yeshiva in, in uh, Ner Israel in Baltimore. And one time he was in Los Angeles, California. 
And this couple, who are not religious, they heard about him, and they went over to him and they said, you know, we want you to be the rabbi at our wedding. We want you to officiate, do the ceremony for us. He said, no problem, I will do it. But there's four conditions. First, you have to prove to me that you are both Jewish. Second, you have to make sure that the food served at the wedding should be kosher. Third, the bride has to go to the mikveh before. Fourth, that you have to be single. If you had been married before, it's a problem. You need the get. You need a Jewish divorce. Now, they had scheduled their wedding for December 5th, 2004. That's when they, they hired the hotel already, the, the, the caterer. Everything was set up for December 5th, 2004. Now, would they accept these conditions? Well, they went ahead in a week or two. One, so they accepted the conditions. But then the girl came over to the rabbi and said, look, I want to be truthful with you. I was married before, but only for six hours. Only for six hours, and the whole marriage was annulled by the courts, and then the, it's like nothing. He says to her, wait a minute. In Jewish law, whether you're married for six hours, for six years, or 60 years, it doesn't make a difference. Once you have Kiddushin, you had married already, that's it. Now you need to get, you need to build a divorce. But it's nothing, it's only six hours. Where am I going to find the, the, that first husband there? Don't worry. I'll help you. We'll find him somehow. Well, they looked around. They wanted to, but they didn't him over there. And they tried to hunt him down till they found him. They found him, they set up a get session. He came, he gave her the get. That was already by the end of November. Their wedding was December 5th. So uh, the Bedin says to her, wait a minute. When you get this get, you cannot be married for 92 days. What? We're already this, we already have everything set up. Our honeymoon on a beautiful romantic island in the, over the Indian Ocean on the beaches over there. We, we can't. Sorry, the rabbi says to her, you want to listen to me? You do it the right way. You're not going to do it the right way? I'm sorry, I cannot help you. Again, they could not understand why they have to wait these 92 days. Well, we know the reason, but you know, in order to make a difference between the former husband and the next husband, but that's not the point. You know, they're not religious. They could not understand what's going on. Finally, they came and they agreed. They said, okay, we'll agree to your conditions. But you know when they understood? You know when they understood? On December 26, 2004. When the tsunami came, and the tsunami swept about 250,000 people from the beaches to the sea, and they all died. Then 
they understood. When there is a certain law in Jewish law, we listen. We don't try to go one. Now, let, let, let's make an exception here, an exception, no such thing. A law is a law. They were saved. Then they understood. They were so grateful to the rabbi and the Torah. Now, we say during the uh, uh, Rosh Hashanah, we have Pesukim on Musaf. We have Pesukim from Malchuyot, kingship, meaning we coronate HaKadosh Baruch we make him king over us. Zichronot, Pesukim from Zichronot, HaKadosh Baruch will remember us, and how? With three Pesukim of Shofarot, we blow the Shofar, and that, re- that reminds us of the Akedah, of Yitzchak Avinu, and with that Zechut, HaKadosh Baruch forgives us. What's the idea behind the Malchuyot? We make and we coronate HaKadosh Baruch I can understand the human king. He needs the people to, to, to make him a king. Fine. <laughs> he needs that. Hashem needs us. What's he needed for? What's the idea behind the Malchuyot? We want to coronate HaKadosh Baruch make him king over us. Rabotai, you have to understand the idea behind this is the fact that if there is a king, then there are servants to the king. We are avadim to HaKadosh Baruch We are his servants. What is the, the most important virtue, the most important ma'ala, of a slave or a servant to the master to listen to his instructions and to do them blindly. You don't have to ask any questions. When the master tells him, you have to do this and you have to do that, that's it. No questions asked. That is the biggest ma'ala. The, the Gemara says if, 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 if an owner hits his slave and blinds him, he pays him for, the, for, for, for whatever the, uh, the eye's worth. But if he hits him in the ears and he makes him deaf, then he has to pay him for the entire person, for the, the worth of the entire body. Because once a servant loses his hearing, it's just not worth anything anymore. We are the servants of Hashem. We have to blindly carry what HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us to do. But what is the voice of Hashem? Listen to his voice. What is the voice? The voice is the Torah. That is the Torah. There is no voice that comes to you or me. Every day, that's the voice that Hashem, the Torah, Hashem gave that Torah, that voice to Moshe Rabbeinu, and it trickles through the generations until we have it today. That is the voice of Hashem. Thou shalt listen to His voice. That is the voice of the Torah. Torah study. 
Go study the Torah. Go to Shiorim. There's no lack of Shiorim nowadays. If we, if we want to make Teshuvah, one great way to make Teshuvah is to go back to the Torah. Go to the Torah. You'll see. Let me tell you a little short story. I'm going to finish with this. There was one young man that uh, was a nice family, good-looking young man, well-to-do. And they sent him up with a girl that was religious. He was not. So they went out a couple of times, a few times, and they, they liked each other. They went to get married. So the girl says to him, look, you know, you're not religious, and I am religious. So he says, okay. What, what, do I, what do you want me to do? What shall I do? Says, oh, you have to be Shemesh Shabbat. You have to put on tefillin every single day. You have to, when the Mo'adim, you have to be very, very careful, keep the Mo'adim, and so on and so forth. And he says, so you know what? I'm sorry, but, you know, I, I'm not used to that kind of life. I can't do it. Uh, so they left. A few months later, they suggested to him another young lady. Also, very, also a religious lady. He was not. And again, they went out a few times. They liked each other, and they went to get married. So he asked her, what shall I do? So she says to him, oh, all you have to do is go twice a week for one hour and listen to a, a, a rabbi. He's going to give you, you know, divre Torah, listen to him to give you Torah. He's going to tell you about halachot. That's it. That's all I have to do? Yeah, that's it. That's it. No more than that. Oh, <laughs> sounds great. So what happens? He goes the first time, and the rabbi tells him about the ma'ala of Shabbat. He describes to him what Shabbat is, how important that is. And then they, again, a few times, talks to him about the idea of Shabbat. Then again, about the idea of tefillin. And then tells him everything you know that has to do with the, the, the Jewishness and, and tzedakan, and but this comes slowly, slowly. And then as he sees that, he says, oh, hey, that sounds great. Why not? So he adopted it. This is what the Torah does. It says, Ta'amu ur'u kitov Hashem. The, the Torah is not just something the, theoretical. It's something that you have to do. Ta'amu, taste it. Go. Taste it. Something physical you may not have to taste. You can walk around in a place in a carrying hold. You have beautiful lamb chops. Without tasting, you know that lamb chop is, yeah, lamb chop, who does Beautiful. With the Torah, the Torah is words on a parchment. You have to go into it. Ta'amu, taste, go into it. Then you'll see how great is Akadosh how great is his how great is mitzvot. But as you go, as you go, 
then it comes. And then you will like it. I have seen this myself. We have these students who really were not even Shomri Shabbat. They didn't come to the, to the prayers. But as they started with the Shi'urim, you know, on a regular basis, and they learned about various different things, very different mitzvot, it somehow hit them. Because the Torah, once it gets into the heart of a person, it changes him and becomes a new person. So while Teshuvah requires many different things, it requires, of course, that, that we regret, we confess, you know, confession, regret, and a promise not to do the, uh, the sin again. That is what, what actually Teshuvah, uh, as described by the Rambam, Allah Shalom. But sometimes we need help in order to get to that point. And the help to get to that point is go to the Torah. Make, schedule She'orim for yourself and for your children. And Be'ezat Hashem, you will see. You'll be successful. And you'll, Be'ezat Hashem, you'll come to Teshuvah Shalema. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu will inscribe you in the book of life. Amen. And please do not forget this station now, especially the holiday where we have to give Tzedakot. This is a way to make Tzedakot. And if you need, if you have a simha, you need a place for the simha, contact us at SLC. We have a beautiful hope for you. Amen.